Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 349 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and this is a special mini episode brought to you by my patrons who support me at the level of $5 a month or up. And you can always find more about that at patreon.com slash Rachel. But I love to do this. I love to do this. And I have a few $5 patrons and you all aren't asking me enough questions. So please, if you're at that level, utilize it because I love doing this. And now I have a little bit of a collection of them. So I do apologize to Emma Jane, who it took me a while to get back to. Um, but I also, sometimes if I know I'm not going to do a Q&A episode anytime soon, if there's only like one question that's been hanging out, I will just answer you uh, by tippity tapping out my fingers, typing a message back to on Patreon. So I did do that for Emma Jane. Also, Patreon Love it. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. And it supports what I do here. It is truly, it makes the difference in what I do. Also, sometimes it hides messages for me. So if you have sent me a message and I had not responded at all, like I haven't said copy or I haven't said thanks for what you sent. Um, or if you haven't heard your question answered, please reping me or email me. Um, because I want to make sure I don't miss any of these. So, okay, let's jump in. Uh, Emma Jane writes, hi, Rachel, cashing in on my question because I thought I didn't need help, but I do. I've been sitting, oh, wait, you know, I'm going to restate this because um, I missed part. It says, hi, Rachel, cashing in on my January question because I thought I didn't need help. Um, Emma Jane, you can have as many questions as you want. Anybody at this level can have as many questions as you want. I mean, somebody's eventually going to ask me like 15 questions a month and that might be too many, but if you're at the $5 level a month, you can ask me three questions and then none or five and then two. Bring your questions to me. I am here for that. So thank you. Back to the question. Uh, cashing in my question because I thought I didn't need help, but I do. I've been sitting at my desk all day and all yesterday with a problem that's brand new for me. Usually I have several ideas churning over in my head, but there's always one that's ready to go and the rest are happy to just float about while they're still forming. I'm querying agents for my completed novel so I can now start the next thing. But because I've had a couple of years in which I didn't have much time to write, I now have six fully formed stories ready to leave my brain and go onto paper. How the hell do I decide which one and how do I get the rest to pipe down while I work on it? My brain doesn't do well without a single focus. Hope you are well and thank you. Ooh, some people can focus on multiple projects at once. Emma Jane, you say that your brain doesn't do well without a single focus. And oh, I feel that I'm normally working on between two and five projects, but very, I'm working really hard on one at a time. That is my single focus. So what I recommend for people when this happens, when everything gets bright and shiny, when you're starting a new project, or if you're in the middle of an old project that has lost a little bit of its sparkle and things start to get really sparkly, I recommend having a place to put them. Imagine that you've got these beautiful boxes or buckets and in which each idea is going. We need as writers to have a place to keep them. I have been using Notion lately. It doesn't matter what you use, Evernote, um, the back of a, note, a notebook and using a pen, but have a dedicated place for the ideas and and honor those ideas 
all of these are bright and sparkly and shiny for us for a reason. So do take some time to write them out, to capture their essence, you know, a paragraph or two. You don't need more than that. Put them in the bucket. And then if you're at the place where you're ready to begin a project, you go through and you just pick whichever is shimmering the brightest at that moment, the thing that makes your heart sing the most. And you give all the other ones a little kiss and a promise saying, I'm going to come back to you. When they continue screaming, because some of them will, that's when we have to do something about it. Here's the truth of being a writer. We have to make decisions and there are no right decisions. We make a decision and then we make the decision right. So you have to make a decision to focus on something. That is not to say, though, that you can't keep playing with those other ideas. For me, I just have to be regimented about it. (laughs) If my brain says, I need to work on all three of these stories at the same time, then I'm just not going to get anything done. But if I tell my brain, all right, I've got 45 minutes this week, three during three mornings, I've got three mornings where I can get 45 minutes of writing done. I am dedicating those to the project that I have given the priority to. I'm going to keep working on this project until it is done. As Neil Gaiman says, just finish it. We have to finish our projects and we have to revise them. Then we have to get them off our desk. So those concrete blocks of time that we have for our writing, they need to be pushed toward one project. Then this is generally going to be the case for the vast majority of us. Otherwise we never finish anything. If you are writing on multiple projects and you're finishing a lot of projects, then great. That's your process. If you're not then this is the way you have to go. You put your focus time to one project. And then if you finish those 45 minutes for the day, you did your work. That was what you had planned. That was what you had put on your calendar. You did your work and it's, you know, seven o'clock at night and the kid is watching TV and the spouse is out bowling. And you think, oh, I did, I did my work. I could look at TikTok or I could look at Netflix or I could open that bucket that holds that other bright, shiny idea. And I could start drafting some ideas for characters. I might do a little bit of dialogue work. I might plot something. I might even start the first few pages. But the next day, when the next calendar appointment arrives to work on your main project, you work on your main project and you allow yourself as a reward to play with any of those other shiny projects, but the main work has to be done first. What happens is that our brain is happy with that. And our brain likes that. And sometimes our brains will reward us and we'll go over and play with those other ideas. What usually happens is the brain just goes, oh, all right, fine, fine. I guess I'll just work on the project you told me to work on. And the screams of the shiny projects, just they just pipe down. They just, they understand you've got a process. You're working your process. You're going to get to everybody eventually, maybe, unless you have more ideas, which you probably will but it gets a little bit calmer. The brain starts to believe what you're telling it, which is I do my work on the project that I'm working on and then I can have a reward if I want it. It's kind of like when there are no rules around ice cream or treats or candy becomes less pressing to have. I say that like that's true. It's sometimes true for me and other times I just need ice cream all the time. So anyway, we could disregard that I said that. Um, 
Fantastic question. Thank you. This is something that we will all struggle with at some point. So thank you for asking it so clearly and beautifully. And um, tell me how you are doing with that, Emma Jane, because I know it has been a while since you asked that question. I would love to know. Okay. Now I think, uh, okay, now here's a question from Mitko. Perfect. Hello, Mitko. Uh, A question for a following episode. Is writing a memoir a good fit for a first writing project using the 500 words per day approach? Um, let me know. Uh, oh no, that's just a, that's just a process Patreon question is writing a memoir, a good fit for a first writing project using the 500 words per day approach. Absolutely. That is exactly what I'm doing right now. And because you asked this, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about what I am doing. I am beginning a new memoir and what I have been doing with the 500 words is just opening up my uh, I use Scrivener. It doesn't matter what you write in, but I use Scrivener. I open up the Scrivener project and I just start writing. I've also, y'all, been writing in O-Write, O-H-W-R-I-T-E dot C-O, I think it is. can't remember. Just Google O-Write. There's something in there. Just log in. It's free. Make an account. There's something in there called a global room, which I have talked about before, but I have been writing in the global room. I've been writing those 500 words in the global room with other people who are writing. You cannot see their words and they cannot see yours. You must copy and paste your work out of it when you're done into your document where you're working. Uh, But I've really been liking writing with other people. And the other day, my friend Penn found me in there and we were racing. And oh, I wrote fast because she was right on my heels, like word for word. So that was really fun. But anyway, uh, so what I have been doing is I open my project and I start writing somewhere in the memoir. And then just today, I needed more structure. So I spent, I spent an hour, maybe an hour and a half giving myself a little bit of structure in this memoir. I'm not totally committed to what this memoir is going to be yet, but I gave myself a list of things I can write about so that I don't continue to write 500 words a day, every day, and never change the subject away from the one thing I'm writing about because I am an overwriter and I can write a lot. So I needed to make a list of things I could choose from. And that's what I'm going to do. I don't know, for the next few weeks, see how it feels. I'm going to go in there and pull out things from this memoir that I might want to write about and use those for my 500 words a day. These 500 words add up. They add up quickly. And yes, a memoir can absolutely be written this way. Just um, do think about having a little bit of a plan. You don't need a lot of a plan, but write down, jot down some ideas about what you want to write, where you're going to write next. Um, do know what the theme is for this book or what, uh, what, what you're trying to show with this memoir, because memoirs are not autobiographies. They're not the story of your life. A memoir is the story of part of your life showing either a theme that has proven true in your life using moments that proved that theme, or it is a slice of time, like the 15 years you spent preparing for climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and then doing it. So have an idea of what that is and then just play, just write those 500 words. They don't have to be good. They should be bad. They should be terrible. That's how we get first drafts done. So yes, absolutely. Let me know how that feels to do. Okay. And then we've got Linda Moore coming in. Linda Moore is a new $5 patron and she knows where it's at. She's got a bunch of questions. So let's just 
knock them out here. These are fantastic questions. All right. Linda says, reading uh, Fast Draft Your Memoir has inspired me to fast draft my memoir about life living aboard my sailboat almost 15 years now. With Fast Draft Your Memoir as my guide, I wrote 57,392 words and 35 hours woohoo, toward the theme of it's all living. I'm inspired by the quote by Richard Branson, quote, I don't think of work as work and play and play as and play as play. It's all living, end quote. I love that. Great title. I also blogged twice a month for 10 years of our cruising life. So I have many thousands more words, but the intent then wasn't to write a book. I am trying to write the story behind the story, what I blogged versus what I was feeling as in the joys and disappointments of a life. So many, they think they want to emulate. It's not all below deck stuff as seen on dramatic television shows. You give up a lot to live this life, but you also gain and grow a lot. I have all these words. And now, ugh, I feel like I'm swimming in alphabet soup and don't know what to do next. Now I'm even questioning my theme. Is this normal? Throw me a life boy. I believe I'm ready for revision because I'm at a loss for what to write next. And I've explored all my themes such as courage, sadness, loneliness, marriage, friendships, etc. My questions are, um, before I jump into your questions, Linda, I just want to say, yes. Um, you said, I believe I'm ready for revision because I'm at a loss for what to write next. And I believe you are ready for revision because you're at a loss for what to write next. That is often a big sign that you're ready for revision. So yes, let's jump into your questions. Questions. Is it cheating to use stories from my blog to tell my story versus the new words and themes I've just written? No, it is not cheating at all to use stories from the blog. However, I will say that many of us find, I'm thinking of myself, I'm thinking of, um, oh, what is her name? Who wrote Inheritance? Danny Shapiro, who wrote her memoir on writing, thinking that she would use her blog posts on writing and it didn't work. She had to rewrite the whole thing. What a lot of us do is we pull blog posts and we think, oh, I use this. Oh no, it's just not quite right. And we end up rewriting the stories anyway, but they are good fodder for finding what to put in your book. And hey, if they do get pulled out of the blog and put into the book. If they work that way, great. But I would say, don't expect them to fit perfectly. There might be a, quite a bit of revision for those, but it's absolutely not cheating. It's still your story. It's still your writing. You can't steal from yourself. Um, next question. How do I prepare myself for revision structurally? Does everything get printed out? Um, I've written each themed chapter in a different Word document on my Chromebook and all my blog posts are also in online files. So I normally recommend when people are starting revision, yes, you print everything out and you gather all the writing into one place, whether that is um, into Google Docs or into Scrivener or into a collection of Word documents or one long Word document. Just make sure that you have everything together so you're not poking around. Um looking for everything. Word documents can get a little bit clunky. So yes, if you've got them all in a collection on your Chromebook, that should work fine. I normally suggest that you do print it out and then you reread it real quickly. Skim it. You don't reread it. You skim it to find out what is there. Um, I did an episode. I want to say, I'm going to figure out what episode that was. Hold on one sec. Yes. I'm going to recommend that you go back to episode number 108 of what I have written before on revision. And actually, I think that is from Fast Draft Your Memoir. So you may have already read that. But yes, we skim our books. We make a sentence outline of what is actually in the book. We make a bunch of post-its with ideas. And then we start at the beginning and we start instilling the order that we think we can 
apply to the book right on top of the book. Um, but the first thing to do and the big thing to do is to gather everything together into one place and print it out, sit down with it, skim it. Oh, it's going to be fun. You're also going to find a lot of um, things that say the same thing. That's okay. Be really gentle to yourself when you're starting revision. Look at everything. Allow yourself some time and some grace and lots and lots of post-its asking yourself questions that you will answer as you move through the revision. Um, let's see. I accidentally copied and pasted a couple of questions in here. Um, I've got that one. Is it cheating? Uh, if I use those stories, how, um, if I use those stories from my blog, how and when doing to incorporate them and how do I know if I need to write more? You follow your gut on that one. And sometimes after we revise a book and we do our best, not sometimes, we will always, all of us need a developmental edit, whether we hire a developmental editor or whether we are working with an agent who then sells our book and then the editor at that publishing house becomes our developmental editor. But sometimes we have to have an editor to tell us, you need to write more here, or you've written enough about this. You need to take some out about this particular theme, topic, idea, because we lose sight. We lose the ability to tell when we need more or less. And so that is one of those deep frustrations with writing that at some point we will have to rely on someone else to tell us what we need more of or less of. Okay. And then Linda says, can you talk about the revision process timetable, such as how to figure out how many hours I need for each pass or examples I have? I don't know what I don't know syndrome and oh boy, am I excited uh, by this project, but it is scary. So oh, this is one of those unsatisfying answers. It is going to be different for everyone. I would say This is, this is going to be a gross oversimplification, but most people take about as much time or a little bit more to do a revision pass as they did their first draft pass. And here's the unsatisfying part. Some people take a lot longer to do revision than they did their first draft. And some people take a lot shorter to do a revision than they took in their first draft pass. I personally struggle with first drafts so much that revision is always faster for me. However, that means a, a revision pass. I will always do my first big revision faster than I wrote the book. But because I write such sloppy books, because I am a discovery writer, I find out what I'm writing about as I go, um, the first big revision is a big one. And I still need to do another revision, a third draft. And I normally need to do a fourth draft. And then I have a bunch of smaller passes um, looking for very small, specific things that will take sometimes only a matter of days or a week. But all of that added up is, is going to be a lot more time than writing the first draft was. So I can't answer this for you, but I can say that after you have sat down on a regular basis for three or four weeks, doing your revision, you will be able to figure out how long it is taking you for this revision pass. What I want to recommend that anyone do who is in revision is track your time. 
track your time over the week and track your time in either word count or page count. It is difficult with revision because sometimes we will sit down and we will revise 7,000 words and other times we will sit down to revise and we will subtract 8,000 words because we cut all those. So now I'm in the negative. I'm behind where I was the day before. And that's why it takes time. So keep track of time in the chair and either pages or words. And then over three or four weeks, you can go back and just do the math and figure out approximately how far forward you can move in the book by day. And again, by day, some days you'll move far forward and some days you will end up way in the red, but there will be an average and everybody has a different average. So after those three or four weeks, after you can make those uh, calculations, you will have a really good handle on how long the rest of this revision pass will take you. The, the rest of this draft will take you. And then the next draft that you do on it is normally faster, almost, almost always faster than the draft you did before. So I hope that that helps. And last question from Linda is, um, would you talk about how to create a perfect personal writing retreat? I will be going away for a week by myself in April and I plan to use the time as a writing retreat. I would love to your insights on how to set writing goals and plan my time, self-care, possibly a book to read on the craft. And what else should I know about making this a productive and special time? Oh, I love this question. I am going away on a writing retreat next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend, I will be away up the coast about five or six hours all by myself for four nights. And for me, what I've learned, I'm just going to talk about what I know for myself. For me, four nights is perfect. Four nights is long enough to be away. It's three full days of being by myself. That's long enough to be away that I want to go home. I have learned that three nights away by myself, I am just getting into the groove by that second day and I want more time. So four nights is what I go away for. Could I do more? Absolutely. Have I done more? Yes, I have. But just to get out of town for a few days when I'm trying not to spend that much money, four nights is perfect for me. For me, there are two kinds of writing retreats. There are the working writing retreat and there is the filling the well writing retreat. A working writing retreat kind of has everything that the filling the well writing retreat does, except you also have a goal of hitting a certain number of hours in the chair. You know, you want to write two hours a day or revise two hours a day or three hours a day or whatever it is. Don't forget that as Cal Newport talks about so well in his book, Deep Work, which you may want to take with you. It's a fantastic book, Deep Work. Masters of their craft really can't do more than two to three, maybe four hours of deep work, this focused work that we are doing in writing. So don't expect anything more of yourself than two to three hours on a writing retreat. We cannot go on a writing retreat and work for eight or nine hours. It's impossible. I mean, you might be able to do it for one day and then you will, your brain will melt out of your ears. There are always going to be exceptions and outliers who can do this, but they are few and far between. I can't do it. And I also prefer the fill the well writing retreat, which is what this next one is going to be for me. I will do some writing because I can't help it. Um, but what the fill the well for me is, is that it is a journaling and reading retreat. I go away with my journal. I go away with a bunch of questions that I want to answer about my writing career or about what I'm going to be writing next. I go away with a lot of ink and my fountain pen and my tarot cards and a candle and I write a lot. I wake up in the morning and I start writing in my journal. 
As soon as I get tired of writing in my journal, I walk away and I lie on the couch or the bed and I read. And then I go back and forth. Normally I try to get a place with either a tub or a hot tub. So I go journal, read, hot tub, read, journal, hot tub, read. I bring beautiful food. I normally cook. I make a chicken and some roast vegetables and have lots of chocolate and nice things to eat, lovely things for breakfast. And I just follow my heart and what it wants to do in that moment. And if that is nap for three hours, then I nap for three hours. If that is read all night into the wee hours, then I do that. If I woke up and I didn't want to journal at all, I wouldn't need to journal. What it is for me is getting away from the expectation of anyone else. I I have no one putting any expectations on me. I don't have a lot of that in my life anyway, but to go away and not have to smile at anyone, not have to talk to anyone. I don't usually go out. I don't go to cafes. I stay in whatever isolated place I have rented and I'm just with myself. And for an introvert like me, nothing feels better. It is the best. So I recommend doing those kind of things or whatever fills your well best. And if this is a working writing retreat, then have in mind the number of hours you want to work or the plan of action that you want to accomplish, but also give yourself some, um, some kindness. If you don't hit that, that's also okay. What fabulous questions we have had uh, this time. Thank you. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent them in. I can't tell you how much I appreciate these questions. I love answering them. Please send them in if you are a patron. And I wish all of you very, 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 very happy writing. And please come over and tell me about it. We're more active over on my Slack channel now. Um, Some of us have been doing the 500 words a day challenge and telling each other about it. So you can always join that by clicking on any of the podcasts and the link is always in in there to join or join my writing email list. And I think in the very first or second email you get the Slack invitation is in there. So if you want to talk about your writing over there too, I would love to see you. Happy writing everyone. And we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.